This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's always a delight to spot butterflies, not just for their aesthetic value, but also because we know they are indicators of a healthy environment and healthy ecosystems. But even for our gentle butterflies, threats abound, impacting their survival. So things like habitat change, development, uh, climate change, widespread pesticide use, invasive species, even light pollution are just some of the threats that they face because of both direct and indirect impacts on native host plants. So in Malaysia, Dr. Rosli Omar, he's a naturalist and a wildlife photographer, took part of took part in two surveys on butterflies, one in Batu Caves back in 2019 and more recently one in Bukit Dinding in Wangsamaju KL. Dr. Rosli has also published uh, a book called Butterflies of Peninsula Malaysia with a checklist of scientific English and Malay names. Today we're going to, uh, I guess, you know, talk about the beauty and the importance of butterflies for our natural world world. Uh, Dr. Rosli is here to share more. Welcome, Rosli. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So first of all, you know, what an absolutely beautiful book, uh, Butterflies of Peninsula Malaysia is, you know, stunning, you. stunning Thank photographs. <laughs> um, and so, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, two different surveys uh, of in recent times, right? So the just last week, we spoke to Dr. Ruth Q and Dr. Rose uh, Fateha from the uh, Malaysian Cave and Cast uh, Conservancy Group. So we were, we were focused on Batu Caves and we're continuing that discussion a little bit here uh, to talk about the butterfly survey that you were part of in Batu Caves uh, 2019. Can you just remind us about that? You know how it was organized? You know, what was the what was the purpose of the survey? Basically, I did it alone. It was a, a whole year survey. I did 17 different trips altogether to Batu Caves. The idea is just that uh, there's not much info about uh, fauna and flora of uh, limestone hills. And given that uh, Batu Capes is, is KL, mm-hmm. so it's easy to, to do the survey. So basically, um, you know, each, each um, survey group, just um, they go on their own. So in my case, um, I was the only one. <laughs> there was another guy, actually co-author of my book, um, okay. but he went for his master's, so uh, I did it alone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. and the whole purpose, of course, because this was like a concerted uh, scientific expedition, right? So you wanted to, I guess, identify some of the butterfly species that are found in, in this particularly uh, unique ecosystem? Uh, yes, yes. Um, basically, um, you know, to, to, to get a, what we call a checklist, mm-hmm. uh, all the butterflies are in Baru Caves. Right. And see from the list what, what we can learn, uh, what it, it implies mm. um, to the ecosystem of Batu Caves and maybe also to limestone hills in general. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, not, not much uh, uh, research has been done on uh, the ecosystem of um, limestone hills. So Batu Caves is uh, an example of that ecosystem. Okay. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe you want to share some of the key findings or the discoveries from the survey. So, you know, any any uh, unexpected observations, all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. The list uh, is 51 species long, mm-hmm. which is not bad for quite a small place. Yeah. And um, for example, if we compare that list with, uh, say, Bukit Kiara, mm-hmm. um, a, a more more foresty uh, place. Um, Bukit Kera has only uh, uh, 40 species. 
Okay. Um, so 51 species batu caves and 40 for Bukit Kiara. Mm. It's not a bad um, bad uh, comparison. Comparison, yeah. Although <laughs> although Bukit Dinding has 70 species, you know. Okay. So, but still, uh, batu caves 51 species is not bad. Okay. But uh, quite a few species that. Uh, uh, interesting find. One is called the uh, smaller wood nymphs, which is usually found in uh, in the highlands. Okay. Um, I found them quite often in uh, Genting Highlands, uh, about 1,000 meters above sea level, and um, uh, Fraser's Hill, 1,200 meters. Although this uh, smaller wood nymphs is uh, available in the lowlands, but it's I've been to many forests in the lowlands. Um, I've only seen it uh, in um, in Templars Park, but in Batu Caves it's pretty common. Okay. Nearly every time I went there, well, this this place called Lembah Damai, especially, mm-hmm. um, I would see it. Okay, and it's quite um, unique that um, I found it uh, in you know. Uh, in what I call uh, forest forest edge or open open uh, area, okay. whereas right. it's uh, generally found in the forest, right. or at least uh, you know in in other places yeah, in Genting Highlands and Fraser's Hill, uh, right at the very edge of uh, of the forest. But in 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 Batu Caves, um, quite in the open, yeah. Okay. So that's that's strange. That was an interesting um, uh, yeah. observation. Yeah. And uh, another is. Uh, Called the uh, uh, common albatross. Don't don't be, be mistaken by the name common. You know, okay. uh, it's not common at all. <laughs> maybe maybe common where it was uh, discovered or described in the first place, which could be India, or common then, but no longer common now. Right. But anyway, this this so this uh, common albatross is. In other places uh, in Peninsula Malaysia, it's found at 600 meters. About so and, and in Batu Caves, uh, I, I, I found quite a few. Oh, very interesting. Um, another is uh, this red helen, which again is a, 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 a highland species, even though found in, in the lowlands, but uncommon in the lowlands. Right? But um, it was found in Batu Caves. Okay. Uh, another is a uh, one called the Ceylon blue glassy tiger, which is uh, more of a species in the north, uh, Kedah, Perlis. But uh, I found quite a few. I think eight times uh, I, I saw I saw it in uh, Baru Caves. Baru Caves, okay. So I don't know whether uh, because uh, Baru Caves is sort of uh, the only. Uh, Forested area left in you know in in in, in that, that area, area. Mm-hmm. or it is something special about uh, limestone hills, or is special to a two kids. Yeah? yeah. But anyway, th- th- these butterflies that I just described, quite uh, quite strange to be f- to Uncommon, be found uh, in 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 Baru caves. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so that also you know gives us the idea that. It's quite unique, right? This the the whole ecosystem within Batu Caves, and um, and how would you say these these butterfly populations actually contribute to the uh, overall biodiversity of the area? 
Yeah, like I said, uh, uh, the list is pretty good, 51 species. And let me rephrase that question then. Would you say that, you know, 51, so I mean, great number, right, 51. Would you say that that reflects the overall environmental health of Batu Because, you know, we know that uh, butterflies are, you know, good indicators of a healthy ecosystem, right? What would your thoughts be on that? Actually, I'm, I'm quite puzzled with uh, this good list of uh, butterflies. Mm -hmm. And I know something about birds too. Of course, yes. And um, I did the initial uh, bird survey of Baru Caves, mm -hmm. but then uh, my friend Mike Chong uh, took over. Okay. But uh, the bird list is, is not as good as uh, as uh, butterflies. I mean, it's quite normal, just, you know, uh, normal list for birds. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure why uh, butterflies are pretty good in Baru Caves. That's wonderful. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, but the limestone hill habitat is is just good for butterflies. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you went in more as a citizen scientist. You were trying to, you know, do this, uh, you know, capture them and do this survey, right? You know, did you notice when you were there conducting these surveys? Did you um, identify any threats, perhaps, to the butterfly population or their habitats? You know, uh, how did your findings sort of like inform some conservation efforts? Uh, you know, part of the larger scientific expedition? Okay, uh, I said uh, the list is good, 51, mm. but Baru Caves is the first area where I found many of the butterflies are in a bad shape. Wings are frayed, and I was surprised. Um, you know, before that, uh, I was uh, focusing on, on good forests like, uh, you know, Tamanagara. Sure. And... I've never seen um, butterflies in, in, in bad condition. You know, most of them in these good forests, uh, the, the, the wings are, you know, properly uh, formed and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. so, so maybe the environment, even though it's a good list, mm -hmm. 51, um, maybe the environment is actually not healthy. Okay. You know, it's hot and uh, pollution. And after Batu Caves, I've been uh, doing more photographing butterflies more in, in KL areas. And I've seen more of these uh, badly conditioned uh, butterflies. So I again, see. maybe it's, uh, you know, um, town environment, city environment is, is not good. You know, pollution okay. could be... Uh, Okay. Yeah, could be um, a bad factor. Right. Yeah. In my conversation with Dr. Ruth and Dr. Rose also, they did mention, you know, that there's hardly a buffer zone between the development and Batu Caves mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot of encroachment. There's a lot of, um, I guess, uh, invasive species also mm -hmm. coming in because there's a lot of like uh, human activity there, right? So that's impacted that very fragile and very, very unique mm -hmm. ecosystem of mm -hmm. of Batu Caves, right? Mm -hmm. and, and when you were taking your photographs, you know, uh, and of course, you know, you had access to so many places that we don't have access to, did you see any sort of visual evidence of changes in the environment or anything that, you know, thought, yeah, this doesn't look quite so right? Yeah, like you said, uh, there's not much buffer between, uh, you know, housing and, and the hill proper. Yeah. Many of the areas uh, have been, you know, um, cut been, down. Yeah, development. And yes. That, right? um, and there was a time when I went to this uh, a uh, very rich butterfly area, uh, Lamba Damai, and they, somebody has uh, mowed down the the, the shrubs that uh, oh. especially loved by butterflies. I see. 
Um, so that trip was a, a total a total disaster. Mm. Um, many many butterflies species uh, they just uh, love this uh, particular um, um, plant right. and the flower. I guess uh, you know without uh, any uh, fencing, people can just go in and do whatever they like, mm-hmm. take whatever they like. Uh, so one thing I, I, I forgot to mention. Um, my survey mostly just around or at the foothills. Um, I did go inside uh, up the hill um, a couple of times, but uh, limited limited areas. So most of the uh, uphill areas uh, I couldn't go. For one thing, you need you need a special uh, you know special expertise, or to be taken by. Uh, Guides that are fa- um, familiar with that place. Right. Um, one time we were supposed to to be taken uh, up there, but for some reason uh, it was cancelled. And after that, no more, no more. Okay. So maybe there there could be more species uh, if uh, I I was able to go. Uh, you know the oh, yeah, the no. valleys and mm. yeah higher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess you know from from that time that you spent there, right? Because you did also present your findings, right, during the symposium, right, mm-hmm. uh, for the scientific mm-hmm. expedition. Uh, were there any recommendations or actions that you suggested for conserving and protecting, you know, the whole of uh, the environment of Batu Caves, you know, based on your findings with the butterflies? Well, if there is a political will, then the buffer area should be enforced. There is a, a law that says uh, you can't have uh, houses uh, so many meters from the uh, hill, yeah. but it's not uh, enforced. Uh, some of some of the houses are just you know, within touching distance of the of the hill. Hills, yeah. But uh, at least those areas like uh, Lambadama, which is still quite uh, quite a bit, uh, they should fence it off. Mm. And fence it off and rehabilitate the those areas, right? And prevent the use of pesticides, especially. Mm. Yeah. And you want to just tell us about that because you know we were talking about this off air, and I think people don't realize like you know when we do fogging to you know to get rid of the mosquitoes, right, for dengue and all of that. Other wildlife such as uh, butterflies are also affected by it, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. So generally, species. Uh, either one, the abundance is uh, reduced, and secondly, uh, many many species are uh, are going extinct. Mm-hmm. Many many species that depend on human, uh, some of them are uh, you know uh, they are the only ones that are increasing in in number because uh, well <laughs> they thrive in environments that are uh, suitable for them okay. uh, human environments. But but um, many urban Birds, uh, butterflies that uh, that depend on um, good, healthy plants, flowers, uh, they are also suffering because, uh, for example, birds that feed on um, insects, when insect insects easily succumb to pesticides, mm. so when when um, insect numbers uh, go down, then animals 
that depend on on them, they will also go down mm. from starvation, basically. Right, because it's all a circle, isn't yes, it? Everything yes. is a circle. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So, um, uh, so some of the findings uh, was of course presented, right? And I guess you know, I, from from what I remember, the conclusion was that there really needs to be concerted effort to protect the whole of the Batu Caves area, what's remaining, mm-hmm. uh, and let it stay intact, mm-hmm. right, with sustainable development and all of that. And of course, that's something you agree with wholeheartedly, I'm sure. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go for a quick break when we come back I want to find out more about your most recent survey that you did uh, and that's for Bukit Dinding in Wangsamaju I'm speaking today to Dr. Rosli Omar he's a naturalist and a photographer we're talking about the butterflies of Batu Caves and Bukit Dinding in particular uh, Dr. Rosli uh, was part of two surveys you know to find out how many how many different species there are because as we know butterflies are a great indicator of a healthy environment and healthy ecosystems they are crucial uh, in this circle of life we'll have more after this quick break keep it here on Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Dr. Rosli Omar. He's a naturalist and a wildlife photographer. Uh, he, we spoke to him many months ago, you know, about a beautiful book that he published on birds of Malaysia. But today we're talking about another passion, and that's butterflies, butterflies of Peninsula Malaysia. So uh, Dr. Rosli has, you know, participated in many, many different surveys, uh, going out into the wild, you know, capturing these photographs. And of course, you know, you were, this is something that you uh, pursued later on in life, right? You, you're not a biologist by training. But this is something, uh, the, the natural world is something that you're very passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> it all started because uh, I, I was diagnosed with a glaucoma. Oh, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah so glaucoma, um, y- you can, uh, you know, uh, your, de- your eyesight um, slowly uh, deteriorates. And so at that point, when I, when I heard of the diagnosis, I thought, uh, oh, I better focus on what I love best, uh, which was um, rambling in the forest and watching <laughs> birds. Uh-huh. So I took early retirement and I, I, I thought, oh, might as well uh, photograph uh, my birds. Mm-hmm. So along the way, uh, fo- photographing birds, I started also photographing butterflies mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, other creatures uh, in between. Sure. So that's how, it, that's that's how it. it started. So so six years after uh, the early retirement, I published my, 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 my book, Birds of Peninsula Malaysia. A beautiful book, by the way. Absolutely <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and then um, after that, I started on, on the butterfly book. And so five years later now, um, I uh, publish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and it's available for purchase, isn't it? Um, it's published by Kementerian, uh, the Ministry NRECC. Okay, all right. So their style is uh, they print hard copies about hundred and distribute to um, to libraries. And, okay, okay. But the rest uh, for the public, uh, there is an e-copy available from their website. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I just want to tell the listeners I'm very lucky because I'm holding a physical copy. It's absolutely stunning and uh, wonderful. Because you know you see the butterflies in your garden, you don't quite know what they are. But this is going to be my handy, yes. my handy guide because it also has a checklist, a checklist of scientific English and Malay names. Right? Yeah, yeah. How was that putting that all together? You worked, of course, with other scientists as well. So I have uh, two co-authors uh, to the book, mm-hmm. and they are experts. 
Okay. I'm not. I'm just a photographer. So they help me. <laughs> not just photographer, <laughs> but yes. Okay. So it was a very collaborative effort. Yeah. Like, yeah? Okay. All right. But, you know, aside from publishing these books and, and, and pursuing that passion, you've also been doing this work uh, to inform larger conservation efforts as well, right? So that brings us... So, of course, you know, we spoke about Batu Caves earlier and that was part of a scientific expedition. Now, just very recently, you concluded another study, another survey, and this is in Bukit Dinding in Wangsamaju, another yes. area facing seeing the threat of development. You want to yes. just tell our, remind our listeners about that? Yes. Um, so with this uh, threat of development, uh, Malaysian Nature Society Selangor branch wanted to know what's available uh, there, the fauna and flora, that could be lost or, or reduced in um, quantity, quality. So they, uh, they planned this uh, uh, biodiversity uh, uh, service mm -hmm. and my friend and I Mike Chong and I um, uh, focus on butterflies and Mike Chong also um, at the same time doing um, bird survey and this area Bukit Dinding it's it's a very small hill right about 100 and what was it 40 hectares um, yeah, oh yeah, around, around that, there yes, yeah yes. and and uh, it used to be I guess I guess it's it used to be a rubber plantation yes, so yes. Uh, it's got like um, I mean, but now of course you know it's a lot of vegetation and all of that mm -hmm. I think a very popular hiking spot as yes, well yes, yes. Uh, really uh, integral part of the community yes, right yes, lots yes. of people use it yeah, yeah. so you, you, okay, so tell us a little bit about why um, you guys went in to conduct this survey. I, I guess, you know, quite similar to Batu Caves, you were trying to identify the species that are there since yes, there's no yes. records, so, right? So, MNS Lango Branch is afraid uh, what could be lost mm. and there's uh, this series of surveys. So, basically, um, yeah, for, for the butterfly survey, mm -hmm. uh, we found that there are uh, 70 species there. Which is a lot. Yes, right? this is this is an excellent, uh, actually an excellent uh, list. Mm. Um, and um, from these seventy species, uh, fifty-seven are found in in forests and other habitats, and thirteen are only found in forest habitat. No other habitats. Only thirteen found only in in forest habitats. Um, so again, comparing with other overgrown rubber plantation, um, say Bukit Kiara, Bukit Lanjan, and Bukit Gasing, um, Bukit Bukit Dinding has the best record, the best list by far. Mm. So seventy species in Bukit Dinding, Bukit Kiara, which is bigger, uh, one hundred and ninety hectares, has only uh, forty species. Uh, with uh, 10 forest-only species compared to 13 for Bukit Dinding. Bukit Lanjan, 32 species with four forest-only species. Although I think Bukit Lanjan, uh, we could have more species. Uh, again, another of those uh, threatened um, for development. You know? That's right. Uh, Bukit Lanjan could have more because uh, I did only four trips there. Okay. Uh, whereas Bukit Dinding, a, a, a lot more trips. And Bukit Gasing, um, 100 hectares, smaller than Bukit Dinding. There's only seven species. It's, it's, it's a dry forest. Uh, if you walk along the trails, you, you don't see a rich vegetation. That's right. So you need a rich vegetation, which means uh, a lot... A lot of plants for the caterpillars to feed on, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, flowers for the adults, That's for right. the butterflies. That's right. So Bukit Dinding is 
is a good place. So if you develop that, uh, a lot of this uh, will be will could be, be lost. Okay, all right. So from these uh, seventy species, one is very rare, uh, called the white palm bob, and three others are classified as rare: the angled red forester, uh, the grass bob, and the white tip skipper. So not only a good list, but some very rare species, okay. and seven uh, described as uncommon. Uncommon. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And and in this, you know, and this is a very uh, urban area, isn't it? And you're finding oh, all yeah, this yeah. kind of yeah, like yeah. Uh, biodiversity there. Yeah. But basically, the findings, of course, is that it is a well vegetated forest, even though it's quite small. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a good chance of, I mean, there's a good uh, population of uh, butterflies and birds, and and there's uh, incredible biodiversity in that area, even though it's it used to be a rubber plantation. Yes, so so when compared to the other for, um, overgrown plantation plant, plantations I mentioned just now, Bukit yeah. Ga, Bukit Kiara, Bukit Lanjan, and Bukit Gasing, yeah. um, so Bukit Dinding has um, a rich vegetation. Mm. Um, so what I would describe as a wet forest, because there are quite a number of uh, small streams um, you come across uh, when you. You know, go on the trails. Nice. Um, whereas uh, Bukit Gasing has only two streams. Bukit Kiara is dry in parts, although although um, you know wet a, a wet forest in other parts because quite quite a number of streams too. Mm -hmm. So once so once you you go in the forest and along the trails there there are little vegetation, then you already you know you are, you are going to get a, a poor list. Uh, so when you go, when I went to Bukit Dinding and saw this rich vegetation, um, I was hopeful, and indeed uh, it turned out to be a, 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 a rich forest. So, okay, okay so so a rich forest, r a good diversity of of uh, butterflies, a good um, recreational place if they develop this hill, and of course you know in KL there's a, there are very few. Uh, Recreational uh, areas. Green lungs, yeah. So you know, it's, it'll be a a, 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 a big loss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this, as you mentioned, so MNS uh, Slangut branch sort of like spearheaded this survey, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be? Uh, how are you planning on using? Because it's I mean, just only released, right? These findings. How are you going to use it to inform? I guess you know other conservation efforts uh, to protect Bukit mm -hmm. Dinding. Um. Yes, like I said, uh, it's a good list. Uh huh. And some rare, rare species, uncommon species. Yeah. And and once so once you develop the area, um, it will definitely uh, impact on on uh, on the number of species, mm -hmm. or at least uh, you know the abundance of the of those species will go down. Less of them. So. It's going to be a big loss. Yeah, it's going to impact the health and well-being of yeah. also the people who are already living there, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Uh, another thing is um, from a big area to a small area, so the forest will be more exposed to the hotter environment outside. Mm. And when you are exposed to a hotter environment, uh, the forest will be um, will be impacted. Uh, you know, um, a more uh, a hotter environment will mean the... Um, uh, it won't be a, a wet forest as before. It will be a drier forest. 
a drier forest, as I said, um, you will have uh, less less species, yeah. flora and fauna. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know they will impact things like the the clean air, for example, in your area. They will impact the uh, quality of your water. It's also a, a flood retention, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously, the forest there uh, will prevent floods from happening, isn't it? It's water oh, yeah, yeah. retention. Uh, forests uh, definitely soak up the the water. Yeah. And release it uh, slowly into streams. Yeah. So if you don't have forests, then the the rain will fall directly to the ground, and the ground doesn't have the capacity to absorb such a deluge. So all the water goes into the stream and will be quickly released. Mm. So you'll get uh, worse flooding. Yeah, flash floods, in fact. Flash yeah. floods, floods, yes. And flash floods, yes. yeah. So yeah. really, really important. And I guess, you know, just, just going back to butterflies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to just drive home the fact why they are such an integral part of the ecosystem, you know, based on you know all, all that you've studied? Okay, so butterflies, um, two main functions. One, a set of butterflies, uh, they are pollinators. So you need pollinators to pollinate the, the flowers and from there produce fruits and th- those fruits will be eaten by animals uh, and the seeds in the fruits will be dispersed by those animals and then you'll have a next generation of uh, plants. Mm. So without uh, pollinators, we are in trouble. In fact, if I can uh, broaden it to uh, internationally, there is an area, uh, there is a county in China called the Maoxian uh, County where do they, they don't have enough pollinators. So uh, what the, farm, the apple uh, f- uh, orchard farmers there do is um, they do it manually. So they use a brush. They use brushes, uh, go to the male uh, flowers, brush the, the male flowers and transfer the pollen to the female flowers. So this, uh, you know, used to be done for free by uh, butterflies and other pollinators. So that's what we are reduced to. Mm. Uh, two main reasons why that's happening in, in Mausian County. One is habitat loss, loss, of course. And the other is uh, overuse of pesticides over, you know, the last uh, 40 years or something. And this is happening all over the world. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So... When I joined the uh, Badukev's uh, expedition, this is one of my main concerns to see the number of uh, available uh, butterflies, but also the abundance. But of course, uh, in, in order to see what's happening with uh, abundance, you need to do it uh, you know, uh, periodically. Uh, to see, okay, this year I, I did this survey. I, I have, uh, I see this species. I saw um, ten times, for example. Do it, um, say five years later. Instead of ten times, only say five times. And some species you may not find uh, at all. Mm-hmm. So this is um, apart from um, photographing these butterflies. I am worried. Because uh, fl- uh, butterflies in general, insects also, and, you know, just about everything, birds, their status is getting worse and worse uh, as the years uh, go by, you know. Right, right. You can, you can um, look at old literature and look at the, what's called the IUCN red list, yeah. 
And say 10 years ago, or even five years ago, it is of least concern. And now, suddenly it's, uh, you know, can be vulnerable category or uh, endangered or even um, critically endangered. So within a, a, a you know a short period of time, the the, the category, the, the threatened category can be can change quite fast. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the message is clear. Right? I mean, we look at even these tiny species and how they are already being impacted. And that's just going to be it has a huger impact on everything else as well. Right. Even mm-hmm. you look at these smallest, uh, these mm-hmm. smallest uh, insects and, and butterflies and, you know, if they are being impacted, it's going to come to impact us as well. I guess, you know, Rosalie, you know, for anyone who's listening, what would you recommend we do to increase the population of our pollinators? Well, on the bigger scale, the country scale, uh, we should preserve our forests because uh, habitat loss is uh, the main reason for all these uh, losses in butterflies, birds, and, and also flora. Yeah? Yeah. So that has to be at a government level. Second reason is the use of pesticides. So we do have to find ways to overcome this, uh, especially overuse. Yeah. Um, so seek ways to, to prevent overuse. And of course, if you can, totally eliminate the use of uh, pesticides. Mm. Uh, not so much um, here in Peninsula of Malaysia or Malaysia, but in the West, uh, they are really going for you know organic uh, farming, mm-hmm. meaning they don't use pesticides and not even uh, uh, chemical fertilizers. So we should try to go towards uh, more towards uh, organic uh, farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, at the um, government level. But what can individuals do? One is uh, we should try to plant uh, plants that provide uh, flowers for pollinators and from there fruits that are popular with, uh, say, birds and, and other animals. And the fruits then we should, uh, you know, let the animals um, have a go at them. Yeah, yeah, we must share. <laughs> uh, la, yeah. <laughs> so, plant plants that provide flowers for butterflies and insects, and the fruits that are eaten by uh, popular with uh, birds and other animals. And please plant native plants. Uh, if you plant um, plants that are non non natives, maybe uh, they provide nectar. Uh, to our our pollinators and animals, but they could crowd out our native plants, and when our native plants are you know are, are lost, then those species that that uh, depend on on these plants, they too will be uh, will be lost. So, okay, that's that's the third factor in in the loss of. Uh, of our uh, species, uh, already mentioned habitat loss. Secondly, uh, for pesticide use. Thirdly, is invasive species, mm-hmm. species that are not uh, are non-natives brought in here because they are beautiful or for or, or whatever reason, but they crowded out our native plants and thus uh, the animals, insects, butterflies that depend on them. Correct. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Well, we hear you loud and clear, Leslie. And of course, you know, <laughs> to, to foster that love, you know, of these butterflies and birds that we have, um, you know, do search for Rosalie's books. Uh, it's called uh, Butterflies of Peninsula Malaysia with a Checklist of Scientific English and Malay Names. Again, as, as, as Rosalie mentioned, you know, you can get that on the NRECC website, right? So you yes, can download yes. the, uh, if you can't get a hard copy of the uh, book. Or, or rather, uh, what is called uh, My Beast website, M-Y-B-I-S, because uh, My Beast is uh, the body that actually handles the publication. Okay. Although right. the, the publisher is a National Resources, Environment and Climate Change uh, Ministry. Ministry. Okay, yes. so My Biz. Okay, yes. I'll pop that link into the yeah. podcast as well okay. so that folks Thank can you. get a, a yeah. easy access to it. Yeah. And of course, there's also the book about birds. And uh, we hope to hear more about, you know, I'm sure there's more surveys in the pipeline for you. So we hope to catch up with you then. But for now, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I was speaking to Dr. Rosli Omar, a naturalist and a photographer. He was telling us, uh, well, about a butterfly, specifically the butterflies of Batu Caves and Bukit Dinding and why they're such an integral part uh, of our ecosystem. They're indicators of a healthy environment and healthy ecosystems. But of course, many threats abound, so we need to keep those in check. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my earth. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.